Welcome to the Wake and Rake Podcast, featuring World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and MLB journalist Danny Vietti. Now, here's Danny and Will. I'm a fireball. All right, people, episode 21 of Wake and Rake Podcast. It's June 8th, baby. Happy Tuesday? Yeah, it's a Tuesday. Will Middlebrooks, it's Tuesday, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think so. But like, hey... We got a lot to talk about. Okay, for starters, no stickum on this baseball I got here. There's no stickum on this one. But Dude, that ball looks tiny in your hands, by the way. Is that like a Korean League ball? What is that? It's NAIA. That's the. Uh, How best. big are your hands? Not that big. You poor soul. Believe it or not, I actually have small hands. That's why I've always like struggled throwing, you know, like change ups and stuff like that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Noted. Have you not looked at my film? I have not. Are you on YouTube? <laughs> I am on YouTube. I'll, I'll look it up. All right. Be nice to me when you critique me. I'll look, I'll uh, I'll hit up uh, your dad. I'm sure he'll send me some video. Oh yeah, great. Yeah. I but never mind. Coach that's another, Vietti. That's another conversation for another day. I see you uh, taking shots at me and my mom coming to my defense on Twitter. I was not taking. Oh, okay, a little bit. Okay, <laughs> you're right. You're right. All right. What do we got on tap today, Dan? Yeah, we got a jam-packed show. Sorry, we got on tangent. We've missed each other. We've been gone. Uh, (laughs) We got a rowdy roundup for starters. Uh, We'll talk about these outrageous spin rates. Um, But there's one character who just happens to be a goat, and his spin rate has gone down. We'll dive into that. And then we'll talk about 20 players. That's right. Two, zero, count them up. 20 players who are on track to be named to their first all-star Team coming up in July at Coors Field in Colorado. But first, it's our Rowdy Roundup presented by Rowdy Energy. Use promo code Wake and Rate to get 10% off all Rowdy Energy products. That's not a Rowdy Energy. That is a whiskey in Will Middlebrooks' hand. Uh, but this is a Four Roses single barrel, actually. Could you use whiskey on a ball to help stick it up a little bit? There is sugar in whiskey. I think when it dries, it would be sticky. Yes. Yeah. But for, uh, you know, no. Yeah, it would take time. What's like the, take... what's the weirdest substance you've seen used? Can I ask that? Is that appropriate? <laughs> uh the weirdest. Okay. Well, I don't know that this guys get serious about it in the game, right? So they have their own little concoctions. Or just sunscreen and rosin, which is fair and legal. And Common. it actually helps. It actually helps. Um but guys in Boston I was with used to make like Redman or Lancaster, like the bags of chew. Mm-hmm. So you mix honey and cinnamon in it um, to like ball up and it gives you like really sweet flavor uh, with the, with the chewing tobacco and you like wrap it in gum and stuff like that. That shit gets sticky. Mm. So I have seen that on fingers before, but like I said, guys have a conco- like concoctions made and, Stuff they like to use, firm grip, whatever. At the college uh, so concoctions. At, at the college level, we used to have to rub up our own baseballs. It, it, I'm guessing major leaguers don't have to rub up their own baseballs. Uh, the bad boys do it. Bad boys do it uh, pregame. But they do put some spit and some dirt on every baseball before it goes into play. So they have a. They actually have a, a canister of stuff called big league mud. It's like it's ball mud that they mm-hmm. use. They fill their hands, rub it up. That's why they have like almost a grayish tint to them when they're even when they're pearls, when they're brand new on on the field, haven't been used. They have they almost look a little bit dirty. 
that's just because of the mud they use to take the slipperiness away from them. Yeah, for those that don't really understand why that is legal or why rosin is legal or whatnot. So when a baseball comes right out of a bag, when it's, like you just said, pearly white, it's a little it's a slick. Rock. Just like any new product, it's new. It's fresh. It's got Think about like a new football you pick up from like the store, like a, sport, like a sports authority or something. Right. It's slippery. So, so you got yeah. legal substances. And then you got foreign substances, which Major League Baseball has announced they are now finally here in 2021. They're going to start cracking down. Yeah. Do you know how? Or, I mean, are they just digging into video? Are they, you know, paying more attention to guys' spin rates? What, you know, what, did, what, did, what did, did they actually say? You know, Major League Baseball has been very vague about it all. Kind of strange that Major League Baseball is not on top of their It's almost stuff. like they have no desire to police it, right? Weird. Weird. Yeah. Thanks, Joe West, because now they have to. <laughs> but you know what was really interesting? Because it's really going to affect spin rate. That's what people are – hitters have been outspoken about that. And yeah, so, me and you were texting back and forth today. I'll let you go because you brought it to my attention, and I kind of ran with it. But you tell me what stuck out to you. Certain guys like maybe a Garrett Cole. Well, I'm sure there's lots, but the ones we're going to focus on are the ones making the most money. Can you, Before you continue, that's a good point. We're going to focus on the primetime Garrett Coles and Trevor Bowers because they're making the most money, like you just said. Right. And they could possibly be at the forefront of this entire, I don't want to call it a scandal, but this entire situation that pitchers have found themselves in. So we're not singling out these guys, but when you become the face of the league, like a Garrett Cole, like a Trevor Bauer, we're going to focus <laughs> on you. Yeah, because these guys' names have been thrown around with sticky substances before or foreign substances. And Trevor Bauer literally said publicly, if you're not going to enforce it, I'm going to use it. And then he won a Cy Young. And his spin rates were, like, extremely high. And he has always hinted at Garrett Cole being the one using it, Or correct? Correct. He's been the one that's always said that. Um, and then four minor leaguers got popped for foreign substances, which I thought was kind of bullshit by the league doing that because minor leaguers don't have a players union. So if they did that to big leaguers right now, or before they said that they were going to start suspending guys and drawing a line in the sand, they would have had to, a big problem with the, the MLBPA. They have no there's no players union there's no protection in the minor leagues and, and they have no ground to stand on if right they so they literally down. were making example of minor leaguers and that day that morning that that came out was a day that garrett cole was starting well that night his <laughs> he had the lowest fastball spin rate since 2018 which was i believe like 2400 something uh yep. give or take but I just thought that was very interesting. Trevor Bauer's last start, just about every one of his pitches except for his curveball, right? That's correct. Interesting. All of a sudden, the timing just seems really fishy to me. Now, let me give you the real story. Every, not everyone. A lot of guys use this stuff. This is nothing new. This has been going on since I was just before I was in the league. Guys had perfected it by the time I got to the league, but no one studied spin rate. There weren't 47 cameras at the, at the stadium. Um, there weren't people studying baseballs after they get thrown out of the game. Like 
this is magnified now. Not only um, that, there's social media. You yeah. Darvish was rubbing in his glove last week. There were certain guys on social media that took yeah. video of it and said, hey, we need to go Darvish. back and like really look at guys' tendencies too because like the guy from uh, the Cardinals, when, when Shield went on his, his rampage about that postgame, um, that guy goes wears the same hat all year and he does this like every pitch, every pitch. Remember like John Rocker, like position players do it too, every pitch. Uh, and that and those hats get nasty if you never change them out. <laughs> uh, and then they have rosin, they have sunscreen, which is t- they said this is totally legal. We know it, it. We know it makes a sticky substance, but they studied it compared to these other ones, and they it doesn't make your spin rate that much better. So they're like, it's okay. That makes it more about control. Once you get past that, and you basically have Velcro on your fingers. That's about spin rate, and that is performance enhancing. And that's cheating. That's unfair. Um, so all these pitchers that will come out and say, oh, and you've said this, well, batters get to use pine tar on their bat. Are you coming around to this now a little bit? Are you seeing the numbers now in front of you and saying, now it's starting to make a little more sense to me? Yes, I'm still trying to comprehend the impact of spin <clears throat> versus the correlation between spin and success. You want to know why spin and success is good? Because of the era we're in and the approach at the plate, launch angle, and where is the hole in 90% of hitters' uh, swings? Up. Top of the zone. You, you're you seeing guys stop throwing two-seam fastballs and throw four-seam and spin it because a natural trajectory of a fastball is coming down, right? Right. Now, it might look like it's flat on TV, but it's still coming down because they're throwing on a mound and there's gravity. They're able to spin it enough where it doesn't come down as much. And it almost like stays on plane. And that's where you get swing and miss when it's a really high spin rate. That's why guys cheat. Because if you get extra spin, you get more swing and miss. It's simple. Got This isn't new. Guys have been doing this for a long time. But now we see even more swing and miss just because of hitting. It's a combination of hitting approach plus guys throwing a lot harder. And when you throw harder, it's going to spin more. Corbin Burns is another guy that's really just dramatically increased his spin rate in recent years. He now. also changes repertoire a lot. He did. He also he, he doesn't, doesn't throw, throw a forcing anymore. fastball anymore. Correct. Correct. So, so he I, also... I, I, I'm just saying, I, I don't want to focus on these two guys and say Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer are the only two guys using it because I, I just want to emphasize that point. Right. No, totally. I know. No, those are just now, the two we're focused on because like we said, they're getting fair. They're two of the highest paid players in the league. Now on the flip side, in that same breath, there's a guy named Jacob DeGrom. He just so happens to pitch for the Mets. He just so happens to have the lowest ERA through his first nine starts to start a season. The lowest ERA since 1913 at 0.62. Yeah. Ridiculous. He's um, leading the league in strikeout per nine. He's leading the league in whip. He's leading the league in ERA. He is so first in almost every category. I can and, promise. I can promise you, he is a sunscreen and rosin guy. Okay, that's where I'm getting to though. His spin rate has actually decreased on his fastball this year. I didn't have time to spin. It's 107 <laughs> miles an hour. <laughs> right. Right. But hey, um. Yes. Uh, he is 100. percent and I can tell you now, I'm going to give you a, a something to look for for our listeners. If you want to tell if a guy's using sunscreen and rosin or if they're using something illegal. 
if a pitcher constantly on his glove hand does this on his arm for the podcast people what are you doing okay so i i'm 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 grabbing my arm like right above where i'd wear a watch on my glove hand so my throwing hand is grabbing that so you put sunscreen on your arm and then you hit rosin on it or you have rosin on your hands that combination is gives you some pretty good stick Mm -hmm. totally legal they've they've scientifically clinically tested the spin rate on, on on that versus some of these other concoctions and it's it doesn't give you a huge advantage but it does give you grip i liked it as a position player too it would help me get a little grip on the ball um you see yeah you don't need sunscreen at night but guys will put a little bit there with the rosin just for some grip um so if you see guys doing that and you will see that a lot in the league like their fingers whatever grab their arm you're like why are they grabbing their arm that's where the sunscreen and rosin is that's where they keep it because you can't you can't put it on your hat because people are going to think it's a something else but the, the issue is like once it gets on your hands it can turn black like once you like rub your fingers a lot right of dirt and shit and then people like grab their hat and that's where you get the spot on your hat from the sunscreen and rosin if you if you like really think about it sunscreen can like really stain things uh, and that is a, that has a lot to do with the spot on the hat too. But Degrom is a sunscreen rosin guy. He touches when he goes to his arm all the time. Now you start seeing guys like, oh, Karen check. Did you see his video the other day? Yeah, we talked about red it. glove. Yep. And you got the you got the slow mo of him digging in between his fingers, and it's like right. a dark spot, and he's trying to spin the ball and pretend like he's not digging in his glove. Right. And it is blatant cheating. And now we have broadcasters talking about it. Right. So if broadcasters are talking about it on, on during games, it's a clear problem because we see it. Now, this is where the league is going to have to step in and say, all right, dude, like <laughs> that's, that's agreement. Like that, that's, that's clear cheating. It's clear cheating. We know this isn't a legal substance. That's sunscreen and rosin. That's been going on for a long time. That's legal. You dig in your glove, you're playing behind your ear, you're playing, you know, whatever. That's a little fishy to me. Glove is the biggest one where guys, they do it in between the webbing. That way, if you look in the glove, you might not see it. Right. So look in between guys messing with in between fingers. Position players mess with their gloves all the time, shaping it, whatever. It needs to be a certain shape, turn double plays. The ball goes in a certain way. You are constantly breaking in gloves, things like that. Pitchers don't, it doesn't matter how you catch the ball. No. Okay. They don't. They're they're you don't need to, to roll a double play. Like just <laughs> knock it down, right? Throw strikes. If a guy's digging in the fingers of his glove, that's a red flag. Yeah, the question now becomes how are you gonna crack down on them exactly? Are you gonna check every pitcher's glove? That's yeah. that's the I don't have a perfect answer. I don't how serious does the league want to take this? They're putting on well, a face as if they are. Taking it very the only only reason they would take this super serious is because it and it's that's if, if ratings are going down because offense is down right unfortunately that's how it works that's the way it goes francisco lindor let's move on i got a bone to pick <laughs> with people who keep shitting on francisco lindor <laughs> I, I don't get it i just don't get i want to look straight into the screen when i say this because i'm if you've been booing and talking shit about Francisco Lindor, I'm talking to you. Why are, don't give me that look. Why are we degrading a guy 
That's two months into a contract. He leads all National League shortstops in defensive run saves. Saved. That's essentially saying he's been the best defensive shortstop in the National League this year. His last 25 games, he's hitting 280, three dingers, nine extra base hits. And he's also been the best shortstop in the game defensively. He's two months into a 10-year contract. Thirdly, really great personality and leader in that clubhouse. Good guy in his community. Smiles nonstop on the field. And yet any type of positive outlook, positivity sent Lindor's way. People, I don't know if I just hit a cesspool or what, but people clap back and say, he's hitting 220. Is that... Oh, he's a good defensive shortstop. Is he really worth $340 million? It's been two months in his teams in first place. Simmer down, take a step back, and appreciate what you have. Because you have a starting shortstop for the next 10 years that's going to be a leader, good guy in the clubhouse, going to be the best, if not the best, one of the best defensive shortstops in the league. And he's going to be hitting better than 210 of what he's hitting now because he's hitting 280 over his last 25 games. He's reshaping back into form. He's becoming, he's regaining that Francisco Lindor status that he had before. But I'm tired of seeing the negativity being thrown Lindor's way. If anything, like, like all I said was Lindor is a good guy. And people respond and it's like, yeah, well, he's hitting 211. <laughs> Chill out. It's not his job to be a good guy. It's his job to be a good defensive shortstop. Would you pay Omar Vizquel $340 million? In this era, he would have gotten a lot. Maybe Bullshit. not 340. Not 340. Bullshit. He might not have got a shot at the big leagues. Omar Vizquel. Oh. J.P. Crawford up in Seattle is not a great Hear me out. Hear me out. With scouting now and what they look for in offensive players, there's a lot of very good defensive players that may not have sniffed the big leagues because of their lack of offensive production. Maybe. I'm not saying he wouldn't have got to the big leagues. I'm saying the best his value, teams, the, those players weren't va- aren't valued now like they were. The best defensive teams this year in Major League Baseball are all playoff teams. I, I don't Okay, that's fine. I'm just saying, like, defense still means something in today's game. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just telling you what how organizations think. All I'm saying is this, with Francisco Lindor, being a great defensive shortstop is not good enough for $340 million. I agree with you in that regard. All I'm saying is, can we give the guy six months to prove his worth? Two, month, two months of a 10-year $340 million, $341 million contract, $1 million more than Fernando Tatis Jr. Can we at least give the guy six months? So, unfortunately, this is the nature of the beast. And unfortunately, when you play in a market like New York or Boston, which I played in, even if you are making league minimum, you get treated like this when you hit 200. Yes, he's hitting 220 now, but I I was making league minimum and I was probably hitting 250 at the time and I would get booed and get yelled at. All right, so he's making 700 times what I was making. I was making 500,000. 
Think about that. Listen, I, all I'm, all I'm unfortunately, is- hold on. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter how nice he is. It doesn't matter how much he smiles. It doesn't matter how much he picks it. Think about other than last year, before last year, think about how they gave out silver slugger awards. Or excuse me, think about how they gave out gold glove awards. It wasn't always the best defender. It was always a good defender who hit well. It's just how the game is viewed. And that's how the fans view it. Especially when you sign for a bat and you secure the bag like he did. They want instant production. He's not playing in Arizona. He's not in Phoenix. He's not going to Old Town. He's in New York. He's in a the other than LA, probably the biggest market there could be in the world for baseball. People and, and you gotta think about baseball fans and baseball Twitter. People love to be pissed. They love they love to shit on people because these players make a lot of money to play baseball. And not to get too deep, but a lot of these people are very unhappy in their own lives. So negativity is what drives them. They love it when players like this fail. So that's why they're shouting from the mountaintops right now, because they secretly love that they can bitch and complain about this. That's just how it is. Promise. I just don't want to accept that. you, You don't have to personally, but just know. Or promote it. I don't want to promote it or right. or accept I, listen, that the reality. Listen, I I totally agree with everything you're saying, but for someone who has lived it and made league minimum, but yet been expected to perform like someone making three hundred million dollars, for someone actually making three hundred million dollars, you gotta you just gotta deal with it and you gotta play better because. You're one of the best in the business. You got to play like it. Just know I was already a huge Francisco Lindor fan my entire life. Always have been mm-hmm. for a multitude of reasons. I've become a Francisco Lindor stan account. I hope he proves them all wrong. He will. He will. He's a good player. He he's will. not a 220 hitter. He's also not. I also don't think he's a 300 hitter every year. No, his bat was the question when he signed that long-term contract. I think it was he can be a 275 hitter. Hit 275 with 25 homers, be one of the best defensive shortstops in the league, and you've proved your worth. Right. Well, let's give him six months. How many give homers? Give him six months, have? and then we can recircle. Until then, step back. Take a deep breath. He's looked, he, hey, man, the last week he's looked, last two weeks, really, he's looked a lot better. Your Boston Red Sox just swept the Yankees in a three-game set. The first time that they swept the Yankees in New York, First time they've done that in a decade. Not surprised, actually. Why? Why? Because they're because Boston, the Boston Red Sox are an, an offense who have proved that they can adapt. You look at their launch angle, it's down. That means they're they're they you're seeing guys put contact, prioritize contact over power. You, you see two of Xander Bogarts at bats last night, that O2 sack fly, He's like ass out just threw the bat at a nasty pitcher's pitch slider sack fly. If he's trying to hit one in the popcorn stand in left center, he's swinging and missing at that at the best filing it off. Yet he barreled it to center sack fly. He's getting game winning hits. 
he's one of the best players in the league right now because his approach plays. It is contact before power. You're seeing that with the White Sox, with whatever maybe it's La Russa ball, old school mentality at the plate. They're taking their knocks. They're hitting against the shift. They're hitting behind runners. They're hitting with two strikes, which a lot of people don't do in this era. And then you have the Yankees, who have yet to adapt. They've been the they, same team for the past five years. They're late. They look lazy. They're playing very new age baseball, which is not hustle baseball. It's not take your knocks. They're playing for the three-run homer. And right now, their only good hitter is Aaron Judge. And all a team has to do is focus on getting him out, and they win. Or they wait for a hamstring pull. Or, yeah, seriously. <laughs> or score five runs. Because anytime they've given up five or more runs, they're over this year. They haven't won one game. Not one game. That's terrible on a team that should be built around that was built around power and offense. Cashman came out and said early in the year, like, I'm not worried about these struggles. We'll make up for it with the home runs. Well, now you're not. So now what? Booney's seat's hot, Aaron Boone, manager Aaron Boone. He is his seat. Hot. You know what? That sucks though, because it's not his fault. I agree. I'm with you. I'm hundred percent with you. But we're going on, I believe this is his fourth season yeah. with New York, and they've fallen short. And they're, they're, they're taking steps back as opposed to taking steps forward. And I'm not putting that on Booney either. I'm just saying in that media market, the media market that we were just talking about though with the Mets. Somebody's got to be the scapegoat. Correct. And he got a lot of criticism last night when two of his bench coaches, hitting coach and bench coach, I believe it was bench coach, uh, got tossed. Yeah, that's why he didn't end up going up and getting tossed later in the game when there's a really bad call. Right. They were running out of coaching co coaches last I week. mean, how about that strike call to Odor? Uh, like, it was bad. It was dude, bad. that's like eight inches outside. And it's a curveball, so it starts even further outside. It is never a strike. That could alter the game right there. That's what we're talking about with instant replay, not to go on this other subject. I know this wasn't in our rowdy roundup here, but that's what we don't want is egregious calls. Right. That was egregious. It was. But yes, it was. All I'm saying, and I, I said this before the season, I think Aaron Boone, if they don't make it to the World Series, I think he's gone. Well, he gone. They ain't going he to the World Series. Hey yo. They're I, I love when all these these power rankings come out and they're still like in the top five. I'm like, what are you guys watching? Yeah. They're not anymore. They're not anymore. They're not even the top ten anymore. <sighs> What's crazy is the yeah. Giants. This is not for conversation, but the Giants are number five. The, the the Dodgers are four and the Padres are three, yet the Giants are winning the division. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, Giants have the best record in the major leagues. Dude, between them and the Rays, I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. We got 20 players who are on track to be named to their first all-star team with the all-star break coming up in July. When we come back here on the Wake and Rake podcast, we'll break down those 20 individuals. 2-0, 20 players headed to their first all-star team. Were you close to getting to an all-star team when you were playing? Uh, my rookie year had to have been right. Yeah, I just I came up the first week of May, so maybe that they thought I didn't have enough games. Right, but I was close. Yeah, I want to do a pod later, maybe this week, maybe next week, as we get closer to the All Star game of certain players that you might not remember made an All Star team. Is there some really random guys out there that you might not? It was like Matt Laporta and shit like yes, that. yes, exactly. We'll break that down at some point, but. 
first and foremost, 20 players on track to be named their first all-star team. This might come as a surprise, a couple of these guys, because we didn't have last year. We didn't have last year's all-star game. That's why. Okay. I was, so, I, yes, yeah. there's a handful of players that you might think guys like Juan Soto. Juan Soto's never made an all-star team. He's won a world series is arguably That's one of the best hitters. In the game. That didn't even sound right coming out of your mouth. Fernando Tatis Jr. Another guy. He's on track to be named to his first all-star all-star game. He's never Dude, made this, an all-star team. This all-star game is going to be loaded. Maybe like the most loaded all-star team I've ever seen. Oh, and uh, it's going to be in Coors Field. So we're going to see balls being launched. Your mean Mercedes, by the way, came out and said he wants to be part of the home run derby, which I would love to see. I mean, as long as on the big board out there, they just put three and oh every time the pitcher <laughs> throws in the ball. Because <laughs> it'll be coming in about the same speed. Did you see LaRusso wearing the South Side unis with the tilted hat? You know what? The He's trying. He's trying, man. He's trying to be one of the boys. All you can do is just respect the effort because he doesn't have that club. It's like trying to hit a flop shot with a three wood. Like it just doesn't work. But uh, it's like dad wearing his hat backwards and like, oh, him trying is all I can ask for because we've talked about with their veteran presence and the players they have, they're really good. So if they can just 10% like connect with him, they're going to be good. And they're clearly taking his way of thinking like old school baseball into, into account because they're playing it. So go ahead. By the way, I did say 20 players on track. It should be 20 hitters because Pitchers get voted on by the uh, players and coaches. Correct. Yeah. It doesn't get voted by us, unfortunately. It doesn't get voted by fans. But so this is 20 hitters. So we mentioned Tatis Jr., who leads National League in home runs and stolen bases. By the way, if he leads Major League Baseball, he has a chance at leading Major League Baseball in homers and stolen bases. He would be the first person since the 1930s to do so. Only one other person in Major League Baseball history has led the league in homers and stolen bases. In Who was it? It's probably some the name. If you go back and look at the names in like the 1900s, 1930s. It's I know, but I'm saying if you go back and like look in the early 1900s and 19, even 1930s, there's some hilarious names. There's a lot of uh, a lot of waltz. Chuck Klein, 1932. That was Chuck. the only time that a player has finished first in both home runs and stolen bases in the same same season. So Tatis is going to be starting in the All Star game, barring some. Weird freak injury. Hopefully, fingers crossed, not like COVID or a sublex shoulder or something like that. Another guy, Vladdy G, another young stud uh, that's leading the league in OPS and home runs. These numbers are, by the way, coming in to Monday's games. So these uh, are guys with like video game numbers. And Tatis missed a ton, like not a ton, but how many games is how many games has he missed? Two plus weeks. Yeah. So we're looking. At least like 15 games he missed. Yeah, at bats per home run, he's leading the league. So, <laughs> by well, yeah. By I mean, even if you're if you're leading the league in homers, yeah, clearly. But but somebody even put this also on, with the time he missed. Somebody put this on Twitter. Somebody said Tatis is going to become the first player to lead the league in errors and win MVP. I'm like, yeah. Is he leading the league in errors? By long, sh- yes, head and shoulders above the next guy. There's a fly in here and it's driving me fucking nuts. <laughs> Bro, it just hit me in the nose when it goes like. <laughs> I tried not to flinch. I was like, shook it off. Dude, we, it's like a bloodbath in our uh, kitchen right now. It's fly season. Bro, it's bad here too. If you open the door for more than like two seconds, they just yeah. go right into the AC. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. 
Cincinnati Reds, Jesse Winker. Oof, Nicholas Castellanos, miss. both those two Reds. They're first and second in Major League Baseball and batting average. Castellanos never made an All-Star game? Castellanos has never made an All-Star game. It's a little hard to believe considering he's yeah. with the Detroit Tigers. He had some good years, yeah. But there's been a lot of good outfitters in the AL. Castellanos, Jesse Winker on track to make their first All-Star game. Winker just had the three homer games. He's a yeah. fire right now. He's a fun ball guy. Too. He's got a good personality. He'd be a good guy to have in the All-Star game. For sure. How about the Orioles? Trey Mancini, fifth in the American League with 44 ribbies. And then Cedric Mullins is on an absolute tear. Cedric Mullins has a 322 batting average, nine homers, nine stolen bases. And he's 10 for his last 12 coming into Monday's game. Somebody, uh, Ryan Mountcastle is like crazy hot for them right now, too. So if he he's stays on that week. tear, he could get in, too. He's one player. He's been, he's been hitting a homer like every day, every night. It comes down to how many Orioles are actually going to make this team. Right. There's John Means, too. You can't dis- – we're not talking pitchers. We're talking athletes. You can't discount right. – you can't take away personal performance because of the team record, though. Correct. But as it turns out, it's always the teams with the winning records get more players. That's just the well, way it goes. You think about fan bases, too. This is where the votes come from. Another team that is not winning, and it's kind of a question of how many players are going to make the team, and the best player in the league, Mike Trout – is injured is he going to be able to come back and accrue enough games to make an all-star game i don't know but jared walsh shohei otani those are two players who have not made an all-star game but they both are on track to make an all-star game this year it just becomes again it's a non Otani's going to get more votes than anybody as he should as a dh he he could make it as a pitcher too he's fourth in major league baseball and homers and then he's fifth in strikeouts per nine so like he could take up two spots. He could be a pitcher, and then he could also be designated hitter. That's nuts. That's I nuts. would love to see him do both in the All-Star game, though. That'd be fun. It'll never happen, though. I'd love to see him in the home run derby. They want to limit his innings as much as they can, so the Angels would definitely not let him pitch. They don't, they don't want him to throw a ball. Give me Shohei in the derby. That's all I want. He would win. He'd win. You're mean and Shohei in the derby the showdown matt olson 15 homers 40 ribbies second among first basemen to home runs he's won a gold glove with oakland uh, he's kind of been the centerpiece of their offense the past couple of years especially with matt chapman not hitting the ball but he has not made an all-star game he likely is at least on track to make it an oakland also uh quietly still winning the division they're still a game up on the astros they're uh what 35 and 26 yeah it's gonna quietly come like the west coast man we just don't talk about those teams over there, unless it's uh, Shohei time or Showtime or uh, the Dodgers, you know, we're, we're not really even the Giants. We're not really talking about the Giants. <laughs> it's crazy. The thing with the Giants, I was talking about this with a buddy of mine because I grew up a Giants fan. The thing with the Giants is they're winning ball games, but they have no personality whatsoever. Zero, uh, Zero curb appeal. Like. The, the fan favorites, at least in their 2010s World Championship teams, it was Lincecum, Brian Wilson, Hunter right. Pence, Pablo Sandoval, like very vibrant personalities whereas now the only guys remaining from those teams is brandon crawford brandon crawford posey we interviewed crawford like really good dude but like dry dry yeah exactly like drier than the sahara yeah great shortstop you made a sick play the other day that bare hand coming in a great flow too great flow all flow team speaking of ace or former oakland ace i should say marcus simeon he has never made an all-star game despite finishing top three in mvp voting two years ago he's batting 294 
13 homers. 30- Who is voting for this? That's a product of playing in Oakland. Yes. Unfortunately. And he'll probably make an all-star team with Toronto. Adam Frazier for Pittsburgh. He's wow, fourth he's in Major League Baseball with a 332 batting average. Two guys for Pittsburgh. Hey, gonna... listen. Bat to ball skills is on the way back. Mm-hmm. We talked about that earlier with Boston. Yep. They've, they've adapted. Yep. Rafi Devers for Boston. He's tied with Austin Meadows for the most RBIs in the American League. You could put essentially to just take the Boston Red Sox offense and to just put them mm-hmm. on the American League all-star team and they'd pretty much hold their own. Yeah. Xander, I mean, I'm not naming guys that have not made all-star games here, but Xander Bogarts, JD Martinez, they've all made all-star games before, but that whole offense at Red Sox offense is stacked, especially when they, they are. They are. Austin Riley of the Atlanta Braves, 305 batting average, 10 home runs, 903 OPS. Good to see him putting it together. Cause I remember when he first came up a couple of years ago, I'm thinking, man, this kid's a real deal. Then he had the down year, it's injuries. They bounced back, man. And he, I mean, he's in a good, he's in a lineup to have protection. That's the thing. You put him with Freddie Free's not having a great year, but Acuna and, and those guys, even when Albies is hitting, like there's plenty of guys to put around him and you have to pitch him. Their rotation is a mess in Atlanta. It's a disaster, which we thought would be very good. So. Soroka going down, Freed had his injury, Charlie Morton being eh. Tough. How, I want to get you on this one. This one's going to make you laugh. What if I told you that Tim Anderson has never made an all star game? But he has what two batting titles? Not two. He's got one. But oh, I thought oh, he almost had two. Then. He could very much contend for a batting title this year. That's bizarre. Because that, when 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 was his batting title? Two years ago. Two years ago. Nineteen. Well, that that's because all we care about is home runs. Another shortstop, Trey Turner, the Washington Nationals. He's never made an All Star game. Really? How about this? So since twenty eighteen. There's only been two players with over 100 stolen backs. Trey Turner, for who are the other guys, but Trey Turner and, and gosh, I don't remember who that second guy must be, but Billy Hamilton? Not a chance. I don't think he's accrued that much time, honestly, but that's a good guess. Um, maybe it is Billy Hamilton, I guess, but he also has 75, uh, 60 homers, excuse me, to go along with it. So, like, yeah, he's, he's got some pop. Got some pop. So, he's second major league baseball in stolen bases, tied with Tatis. 311 batting average, 10 homers. Omar Narvaez, who we broke down on an earlier podcast, yeah. his adjustments at the play is paying off for him. <laughs> 317 batting average, second in Major League Baseball among catchers. Adoles Garcia, how about how good would the Cardinals' offense be had they not traded Randy Rosarena and Adoles Garcia? This one never know. Never know. Shohei Otani, who we mentioned, another Blue Jay. We, we mentioned two already with Vladdy G. Bob, uh, excuse me, Marcus Simeon. How about Bo Bichette? 11 yeah. dingers, 34 rubies. American League shortstop's going to be tough. Xander Bogarts, Bo. Bogarts going to win it. Bogarts going to start for sure. Um, yeah. But Tim Anderson, there's the fly. Bro, it's after me. <laughs> Jeez. Anyways, I think Bogarts is the best shortstop in baseball right now. Well, in the, in the AL, I was gonna say there's a guy named Fernando Tatis. No, no, I'm in the in the in the American League. I would agree. Last on our list because we already mentioned Juan Soto. Yermin Mercedes, he's on track to make it. He he cooled off. What's he hitting right now? He's still hitting 292 with seven dingers, 31. He's under 300. He's under 300. What a bomb! Maybe he shouldn't have swung 3-0. Hey, ever since then, there's been some issues. 
the baseball gods. No, it's not the baseball gods. I think his manager made him uncomfortable. Yeah. They're still winning games. So that's what it comes down to. Yeah, but damn. I still don't I somebody think... checked. He was hitting 356. <laughs> yeah, it's it's trending downwards. I... We're in the dog days too, man. Of the like, this is the point where you haven't really caught your second wind, and you're like, "Fuck, I'm tired." <laughs> You got, got. I just want a day off. Even though I have one two days ago, I just need a day off. Did you ever hit a point when you were playing, especially minor league ball? It's completely understandable where you were just ready to, ready to say, "I'm done. I'm done with this game." Did you no. ever hit that point? Nah, I didn't. I mean, I got tired, but I mean, there's still like that little internal fire, and you, your boys, like they push you. And at the end of the day, like especially in the minor leagues, you have the ultimate goal of getting to the big leagues. And you weren't married with kids yet. No, 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 no. I didn't have kids till after I retired. I was married to the game. See, for me, <laughs> you didn't even get to. It's fine. Married to the game. I heard. You. Yeah, it's fine. For me, I was ready to hang him up because I wanted to kind of pursue other opportunities. Now, I kind of saw the writing on the wall that my 86 mile an hour fastball was not going to get it done. <laughs> 86 mile per hour four seamer. But my spin hey. rate, but my spin weight through the roof. I'm sure it was. I had time to get those extra revolutions. Yeah, right. We don't, we don't keep track of. Spin hey, man, rate. look, you did your best. Everyone has a max. You did your best. Everybody plans have, on playing in the big leagues, man. I have two years of eligibility left if I wanted to go back. Oh, you only played two years. Uh, one of them was a red shirt, so I, two, I played three. One of them was a red shirt. So. I never officially played college baseball, but. It'd be frowned upon. I could play college football. I could be like a punter or something. You got recruited to be a punter at Texas A&M. People don't know that. Part of it. So A&M, they were like, they they also recruited me as a quarterback, but they said, if you want to play quarterback, you can't play baseball. It's a a 24-7, 365 job. Who was the coach? Who was the coach at A&M at the time? It was uh, Dennis Franchoni. Okay. We ran, they ran like the speed option with like, yeah. Wait, so you would have been competing with Johnny Football? No. He was younger than me. Mm. I would have been there 2007 through 11. God, you're old. 32. And very seasoned and experienced. (laughs) A lot of life lessons up until this point. Can't wait for the next ones. (sighs) Just kidding. Stick them. Stay away from it, kids. You don't need it. It's a doctor of baseball. Sunscreen and rosin, if you have it, it's legal and it works. Trust me, it's sticky. Or like good maple syrup. Have pancakes before the game. Could could work. Stick a Reese's in your back pocket and just let it melt. You call it you're one of the people that calls it a Reese's. What do you what do you call it? Reese's. Reese's. Reese's it's not a Reese's. How do you say Reese's pieces? Reese's pieces. Reese's pieces. Reese's pieces. Well, if you look at it spelled like Reese, like the name Reese with an apostrophe S. So it's how does, Reese, how does Reese Hoskins not have a sponsorship or partnership with Reese? Because he spells his name R H Y S. But it, it flows like, hey, this is Reese Hoskins with Reese's pieces. Like that just works. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you know. What I mean. I'm going to reach out to Reese about that. Um, yeah. Reese's, I got a pieces of advice for you. We're, we're, we're going off our rockers. It's time to wrap up. Let's. Yeah, I need to go to bed. Long, long wedding weekend in Houston with my buddy. I have my. I'm going to be sweating. I'm going to be sweating Don Julio for at least 10 days. 
<laughs> I'm going to be right behind you because I got my bachelor party this weekend. So uh, thanks for the invite, Dan. I did invite you. That was an actual thank you. I oh. wish I could make it. But, um, I have these two humans Fire. that I have to keep alive. <laughs> Proud. I understand. Okay. All right, man. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Peace. Peace.